Hello and welcome. Today's talk is about India and the West. Narendra Modi, the Prime Minister of India, was in Europe in May 2022 and he received wonderful receptions. All the fanfare diplomatically, ceremonially, that one would expect. And some people will say, well, that is normal and expected for a state visit by the Prime Minister of a very weighty country such as India, which is true. But some people invoke the timing and they say, hold on, Narendra Modi was in Europe during the Ukraine crisis and note that India is the largest ally of the West that did not side with the West in the Ukraine crisis. India more or less took an equidistance between Ukraine and behind it the West and Russia. And actually, when some players in the West tried to nudge India to take a clearer position pro-Ukraine on the Western side, India responded assertively to maintain its equidistance from both sides. So, in this interpretation, there is the idea that a lot of the attention that Narendra Modi ceremonially, uh, diplomatically received in Europe was basically some sort of an attempt to draw India towards the European Western camp. And of course, there is a bit of that. However, my point here is that the India-West relationship is extremely important and yet has a lot of issues in it that these factors together explain the immense attention that Narendra Modi received in different European capitals when he was there in May 2022. Let's start with the importance. India, of course, is an extremely powerful country culturally, which means politically, as in it is a civilization, it is a center of gravity in its neighborhood. Therefore, its position radiates beyond its borders. And that makes it extremely important counterpart to the West, important relationship to the West. India also is an extremely powerful military presence in Asia. And India has a very long border with China and a history of not just tensions but confrontations and wars with China in the 20th century. So, from the perspective of the US-China nascent confrontation, India is a very important player. Add to that that, and it's related here, India is a member of the Quad, the grouping that has the US, Japan, Australia, and India, which basically is some sort of a circle more or less, around China, a strategic encirclement of China. 
India is demographically colossal. And some people look at demography from, from a commercial point of view, as in demography means a market, which is correct. But in addition to that, demography is gravitas. Demography is, is power in its, own, in its own way, which adds to the importance of the India-West relationship. India is also a very powerful player, if not one of the most, most powerful players in very strategic industries, such as software, information technology, artificial intelligence, because it produces not just machinery, software, but thinking, real thought in these very important industries that are shaping the future. Add to all of that, India has a very influential diaspora. At least 15, maybe even 20 of the largest and most powerful companies in the world, especially in the world of information technology, uh, software, are led by CEOs from Indian heritage. All of these factors together make the India-West relationship of immense importance. However, as I said, there are issues in that relationship. Leave aside the Ukraine crisis and India's position in it. Leave that aside. There are other issues there. The first is that India wants from the West by far better terms of trade than what is on offer. And that issue has, has a history. India opened up economically in the early 1990s. Before that, it was a very closed economy. But in these 30 years, from the early 1990s until today, many banks, multinationals, big companies from the West tried to enter India. However, there was always an issue, and that issue is that never these banks, multinationals, companies managed to play in the Indian market the way they wanted to. There were always strong Indian laws, regulations, that you play in the Indian market according to the Indian way of doing things. And now, India wants to go further. India wants better terms of trade, than what has been the case. Some countries in Europe are not willing to, to offer these better terms of trade. But even if others, and there are others, that are willing to offer better terms of trade, there is an issue. And that is, other countries will take note, which means that if these better terms of trade are offered by European countries, or by the West in general, to India, other countries will come and say, hey, I want the same type of treatment, the same terms of trade. And that will create trading problems to many European countries, to the West. At least it will create headache. There's another issue in the relationship, and perhaps more important one. And that is India wants arms. India, of course, is a very well-armed country. It has, it's also a nuclear power. But 
the bulk of Indian arms come from the Soviet time and from purchases from Russia. Now, India wants to modernize and diversify that armament, but not because of its repeated confrontations and serious tension with Pakistan. No, it's for a much, much more important theater of operations, and that is vis-à-vis China. But here the West has a very serious issue, and that is the West cannot just throw some arms at India and, and just forget about it because India will never be able really to use these arms to their maximum potential or to develop them. On the contrary, India has the technical, the scientific capabilities not just to use any arms it receives to their maximum potential, but it also has the ability to develop them, which means that China will note any serious sophisticated arms sold to India. And therefore, for the West, selling advanced arms to India is an important choice. It might have a cost because China will note that. There is a third element that that India wants in its relationship with the West, and that is respect or reciprocity. Now, it's easy in diplomacy to offer rhetoric, to say stuff, and that's, that's absolutely fine, but it's, it's cost-free. But here, India is like China, looks at the past 200 years, at least 150 years of its history, and says, I want to stop that. The, the way I was dealt with in the past 150, 200 years was not what I, as a civilization, as a major civilization, deserve. That might sound as uh, fluffy, as a very intangible point, but it is important. It is very important in international relations because it goes beyond rhetoric. It goes beyond just talk. There is some sort of inherent equality that is demanded here by India. And it is important because in the last 250, 300 years, the West has always dealt with the world on its own terms, civilizationally. It never offered that reciprocity to any other civilization. And that's why that demand from India even if it is intangible, it is worthy of note. It is important to bear in mind. There is another issue that is not necessarily complicates, but is there, makes the relationship between the West and India a bit fraught as well. And that is the image of India. India got its independence from Britain and its modern shape in the late 1940s. And in the decades immediately after that, the 50s, the 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, the image of India in the West 
was number one, that it is a democracy, the biggest democracy in the world because of the demographics of India. But secondly, that it is a very inclusive democracy, meaning that modern India was presented to the world as an aggregation of cultures, of ways of life that have come together and are living harmoniously. But in the past 20 years or so, at least in the past 15 years, the main rising political power in India was that of Prime Minister Narendra Modi, the BJP, and behind it, a nationalist Hindu view of India that looks at the Indian identity, at, at what India means in a much narrower way, certainly less inclusive way. The point here is that the political developments in India over the past 15-20 years were very different from this image of a very inclusive, different cultures coming together. Rather, it is a nationalistic, some will say, uh, monocultural culture based to a very large extent on political Hinduism. Again, this does not really complicate the relationship with the West, but it adds to all of these points I have been trying to elaborate on to basically say that the West-India relationship is extremely important because of, e of all of these factors, but there are also other variables, other points that make the relationship of cost to the West, that make many people in the West think twice about extending to India what India wants. Right now, there's immense attention being paid to the Ukraine crisis. And strategically, of course, the US-China confrontation is the most important dossier in international relations. I think the West-India relationship ought to be on the back, in the background ought to be in the thinking of anyone interested, not just in India, not just in Asia, but in international relations in general.